Blog Talk. Are you watching the tournament? 
Yes, I am. I am checking it out. I am really, really uh, impressed by some of the teams. I am impressed by some of the talent that Syracuse had against the, an earlier victory, victory against Gonzaga. Uh, they really, really got some length and athleticism out there. And there's a couple good teams. But uh, it, it's, there's really no dominant team, no dominant big man traditionally. It really looks like a wide-open tournament. You know, before we get into the, the actual teams, Wizzle, I'm glad that you said that because uh, when you look at the tournament and you see teams like Kansas falling, which we'll talk about, but th- now all of a sudden you've got what they call these mid-majors and different conferences coming in, WCC uh, with St. Mary's winning these type of teams. Uh, do you think it's possible that we see a team other than your Syracuse's, Ohio State's, Kentucky's? Can can we see even like a West Virginia, somebody who hasn't been there before? Do you think it's possible that we see a winner like that this year? Um, obviously, it is possible. Uh, teams are really playing well. They're they're playing at a high level, uh, and it seems like everybody's it, at least the competition is fair. It seems like I guess or. There's really not a dominant team. I'm curious to see what Duke is going to look like later on uh, against Cal. But uh, other than that, uh, uh, execution-wise, all the teams look like how they should look right now. You know, you're looking at a developed product at this time of the year in terms of with your team and hanging out with guys. And so uh, they all look like they know where each other's going to be and all that type of thing. And, and it's a finished product. So, all the teams really, really look like they have a chance to, to really do something if they're if they're still playing. No question about it. Now I'm going to read some of these upsets to you, and, and I might already know which one is the biggest one. But just want your take on it. You got Georgetown going down to Ohio University. Vanderbilt loses to Murray State. St. Mary's upsets Villanova, uh, Cornell over Temple, then Cornell again over Wisconsin, and last night Northern Iowa over the number one seeded Kansas Jayhawk. Uh, out of all of those, uh, maybe give me your top two because Kansas is probably number one, but the top two upsets, what do you think? The top two, obviously, I, I, Kansas was huge. Uh, I'm sure that that probably broke a lot of people's brackets right now. Uh, but uh, I really think that Georgetown not being present is huge as well. But I think a lot of people really uh, have those guys picked to, to put in some noise. It seems like they have a player that's, that's ready to step his game up and take it to the next level. And he's uh, really an in-between player. We're talking about a, a big guy who can move and score and, and, and dribble and go to the, boc- the bucket and create on his own. So, uh, you know, it, it really, really opens things up. I agree with you. I look at the Georgetown bracket, and I thought that with Ohio State, they, they got by Georgia Tech today, but they it was looking a little bit shaky, and I thought that Georgetown, they're probably at home right now, and they're really slapping themselves upside the head because I thought that this was a time in the tournament that they might really be able to do some damage. And now with Kansas getting out of that bracket, this is uh, it's kind of wide open. Ohio State with uh, Evan Turner looks fantastic, a good young player. Uh, that should be a heck of a matchup. Ohio State versus Tennessee and Michigan State versus Northern Iowa in that bracket. Uh, out of Northern Iowa, Michigan State, uh, who do you got moving on there, Wizzle? Now, see, that's another one of those games because uh, obviously, um, you know, the the seeds and and the numbers, it really doesn't seem to to mean a lot because you got to watch the teams. And when I'm watching a team, I watch the way their offense executes. And 
it seems like the higher seed teams all play down to a level or maybe the seeding process is just what it is. But uh, I really like Northern Iowa. I mean, I just like how they play. I like I like their chances that they feel good about themselves, and I'm not necessarily uh, rooting for anybody, but it's good to see a bunch of guys out there executing. And if they get in a certain situation, it seems like teams with all the, the know-how, athleticism, and talent, they seem to crumble. And uh, that's something something to, to, to check your eyes out and check that out. That's always something funny for me to watch. No question. Well, in the, the Tennessee-Ohio State matchup, who do you have there? That should be a great game. We saw young Evan Turner earlier, a guy that can just take over a game, fills a stat sheet. Uh, but Tennessee has uh, has some players of their own, and this should be an interesting matchup. Who do you got there? I like Ohio. I, I like Tennessee. They're very talented. But it doesn't seem like they play at a level where Ohio is ready to take their game on uh, I'm impressed by both. Obviously, they're both playing, but I'm looking for Ohio State to to, to edge them out because uh, obviously the the more talented player, and he plays under control, and their team plays within themselves. So I'm going with their team. No question about it. Now, the the team that I think benefited the most from the Kansas upset was – the Syracuse Orange men, I thought that they got a chance to really get focused. I'm sure Jim Beheim used that loss as great motivation because I was looking at the Syracuse-Gonzaga matchup to, to be at least a quality matchup, a game, and Syracuse really came out and just uh, they bombed them from the very beginning. It, it started out a little bit close, but uh, it turned out to be a route. Well, what do you think about the Orange men going up against the Butler Bulldogs, Whistle? Well, I, obviously, uh, Butler is very good. They play very well. They share the ball. They, they execute their offense, and they're a finished product right now. But I look for Syracuse and their length and athleticism to really, really be a problem for teams uh, further on as they move on because uh, I, I was really impressed with how they play together. And they got some guys who's out there who's cocky out there pulling up uh, with three-point ball. Uh, pretty confidently, so uh, I'm impressed. No question. Now, Xavier Pittsburgh, they will be going on in South Lake City just here, or excuse me, in Milwaukee just here in a little bit, but they will be facing uh, a Kansas State team that is a mirror image of their coach. They play extremely hard. Uh, Do you think either one of those Xavier Pittsburgh teams can get past Kansas State? Is Kansas State kind of maybe a Cinderella story? Can they move on? You know, they have a chance, but but I I, I like Pittsburgh. I, I just think that they'll they'll find a way to come on through. And I, you know, Kansas State doesn't impress me that much. And and last night we were really we were sitting around talking about it and like, wow, it'd be something else for both the teams to lose tonight. They barely got out. I don't think they move on next round. Well, in uh, in the East region, uh, Kentucky has really lived up to their number one seed. They blew out East uh, Tennessee State. They blew out a Wake Forest team that everyone said would maybe give them a run for their money, and now they are facing uh, the Cornell, the Big Red of Cornell, coming out of the Ivy League. Uh, six seniors on the Cornell squad, so you know they are Ivy League. They're not going to make a lot of mistakes. They're going to play smart basketball. Do they have a chance against Kentucky? 
they do have a chance, but Kentucky is athletically superior. Uh, their freshmen are are really impressive. I, I really look for Kentucky to make some noise. And, and it starts to blossom in, 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 in the TV. No question about it. Now, uh, before I get to that next game in the Eastern bracket, I'm going to jump down because this is a game that, that we'll talk about for a second. But uh, Baylor versus St. Mary's Gales, and that is out of the WCC. Do, do you see St. Mary's being able to move on? They upset it a two-seed in Villanova that really wasn't playing particularly well. Baylor has beaten Texas, uh, I think, two times this year. Uh, they, they left ended the season 26-7, and seven, uh, a really good squad. This should be a matchup of what you, I guess you'd call those mid-major teams that somebody maybe move on. Who do you got, Baylor's St. Mary's? You know, it'd be hard to root against the West Coast, but I just really wasn't impressed with St. Mary's win. Uh, and I, I think that Baylor, it was just reviewing tape, will figure out a way to take them down. No question about it. Now, Duke-California matchup uh, right now they are playing in Texas A&M-Purdue. Purdue lost one of their veterans to a knee injury. So uh, a lot of people were surprised to see them to get out of uh, the first round once they lost Robbie Hummel to, uh, to a knee injury, and they, they beat Siena. So can they get past Texas A&M, Purdue-Texas A&M? Purdue, Texas A&M. I'm going Texas A&M. I think their guard play, uh, obviously, is going to be more of a factor in that matchup. And what do you got there with Duke, California? This should be a matchup. you got a Pac-10 school. They beat Louisville in the first round, and Duke beat Arkansas Pine Bluff. But uh, ACC, Pac-10, this should be one heck of a matchup today. Who do you got moving on here, Duke or California? This is what I'm curious to see. Uh, obviously, the guards and uh, at, at Cal are, are really, really good. Uh, but Duke plays like a machine, and so uh, I'm rooting for Cal, but I think that Duke might, might pull it out. Well, in the matchup that uh, I know is probably intriguing you, all Washingtonians, including myself, uh, West Virginia moved on today, first beating Morgan State in the first round, and then they defeated a, a really good underrated Missouri team. And then in the, who they will be facing is Washington, who uh, in the first round beat a Big East opponent in Marquette, and then in the second round beat the third-seeded New Mexico uh, this is a this is a Washington team that got, has Quincy Poindexter, Isaiah Thomas, a very uh, smooth left-handed guard that can do a lot. They get up, they push the ball up and down, they play good defense. Washington, West Virginia, first, what do you think about the Huskies? Uh, I'm proud of the Huskies. Obviously, I think that uh, any team that's playing right now from the Pac-10, you got to root for if you're a West Coast guy. Not being too biased, but. Hey, it is what it is. I think that they just got a, a, a – you, it, basically it comes down to winning five games, and if you, you, they got a chance just like any other team. No question about it. Now, when we look at the brackets, we almost got the Sweet 16 all the way full. Uh, do you have a team in this 16 that, that you're looking at that is probably going to be uh, the national champion in Indianapolis on April 5th? Who, who do you got? I don't have a team, but I have UW as 
as moving on to the next round. And this, let me tell you why. I really think that each one of your players could step up each game and 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 start exposing themselves on the national forefront. It's going to be something that's incredible. So that's I'm curious to see what kind of noise they're going to make because uh, I think they got the most athletes and I, I think they got a great chance if any team other does. Uh, they shoot the ball well from the three-point line, play defense, and uh, why not? Back then. No question. Washington versus Kentucky could be one heck of a matchup. Uh, serious guard play with John Wall, Isaiah Thomas, Quincy Poindexter inside. Uh, that could be a matchup that, that I, I think a lot of people might not expect Washington to be able to pull out, but I, that's a game that I definitely think that they could win. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, you're going to have to stay tuned. Next weekend, Final Four will be uh, we will be getting to the Final Four, and we will give you the prediction on who we believe is going to win. Now, we're going to switch gears, Wizzle, and we're going to go to the world of golf. Tiger Woods is back. He will be back at the Masters. Uh, tell me, do you see any rust? Do you, do you think there will be any rust on Tiger? Does he have a legitimate shot to go in and win that thing? First of all, Tiger Woods is going to be back. Oh, thank you. I've been starving to watch some golf. It's just so boring if you just – well, anyway. Yes, Tiger does have a chance. you got to believe that he's somewhere, that he's been practicing on his shots, that he's been focusing on the things that it takes to make him great, that made him great in the first place. Uh, a lot of times a little adversity helps your focus like a MF. You know what I'm talking about. I think that it, he will respond and he'll show up and he'll probably place uh, top two or three. I'm not going to say he's going to win, but top two or three. That would be incredible. Now, a lot of his, his peers have talked about that he came back on the right stage because the Masters is very controlled. They control the spectators, the media passes, and everything that goes on with the Masters is really controlled uh, by the golf course. Now, when you look at the gallery, now some galleries can, you know get a little loud and different things like that, but you're not probably going to see that from the Masters or his peers. What, what do you think that he sees from the gallery or his peers on his first uh, try back coming to the Masters? You know, that's obviously something that's uh, going to challenge the integrity of the sport. <laughs> I mean, uh, obviously the people can yell what they want and until he walks up. So, uh, hey, I'm curious to see just like everybody else because I'm sure they're going to be hecklers and, and, and people who just, you know, maybe want to, you know, take a shot at the guy just, just because, you know. Now, you know, it, it's funny that you say that because a, a lot of the times when you when you look at golf, he would get upset, he would throw his clubs or someone swung in his backswing and those type of things. Uh, is it possible that we see a different Tiger Woods, one that is more uh, focused and forgiving for some of the things that goes on in the gallery, or do you, do you think that the golf course controls the gallery? Because a lot of times you don't hear a lot of heckling going on. Well, of course. Have you seen some of this text? Uh, no, uh, he's a great player. Uh, he's going to focus on what he needs to do, which is golf, get the record, and, and ride away with his respect, dignity, and his family intact. No question about it. 
Uh, when we see the Masters, everybody, that will be uh, April 1st, and it will be one heck of an event. Tiger is finally back. I know a lot of people have, you know, kind of turned away from golf because if he uh, is not involved, no one really, there's no suspense, there's nothing building up. So uh, we will check that out. I have Tiger. I, I agree with you. I don't know if he wins, but I definitely, definitely don't bet against him. So everybody stay tuned. Check out the Masters. Tiger Woods is back. Now, Wizzle, in the world of boxing, last weekend Pacquiao beat Claudie in a dominating performance. Claudie didn't win a round. He really didn't fight at all. Uh, what, did, what do you think about Manny Pacquiao going forward? Because May 1st, Mayweather, Mosley, they're going to fight in Las Vegas, Nevada. And the winner of that fight, maybe they can set up a Pacquiao fight. But first and foremost, uh, what did you think about Pacquiao uh, versus Clyde? I thought that he was impressive. Uh, I thought that Claudie, uh a lot of people uh, really didn't understand why Claudie defended himself. Okay, I mean, because, I mean, not only did the guy outpunch him, that tells you right there that, I mean, if you put your guards down, I'm pretty much going to hit you. I mean, the guy is pretty – he's active. He's he's ready to fight and knock you out. He's willing to take a punch during that whole time. So if you look at the final punch count, which was like, I don't know, 1,300 punches to 400, which is ridiculous in the fight if you, in terms of he's standing a guy, even just a punching bag, and you're just taking that many punches. But I was impressed with Claudio's defense. Uh, I thought he was a, a skilled fighter because anything he threw, uh, he, he really landed and he did a lot of damage. I'm sure you've seen uh, the the post-game interview with, with Pacquiao after the fight. He both hands. Uh, he he was a good fighter. It wasn't like he just got anybody to fight him. But uh, it wasn't the, probably the best fight for people to want to see. But uh, I think that was a lot of respect on Claudio's behalf of Pacquiao's speed, uh, his tenacity and his willingness to, to to offer a punch so I can hit you, you know. So, I mean, it, you know, the whole the whole lineage of offering my face to get some of yours, you know, because obviously he wasn't getting through his defense, so uh, he took tactics the way he did. I, I really agree with you. I, I was impressed with Pacquiao from the standpoint that a lot of times when a fighter gets into a fight against a guy like Claudio and he's the champion and all of a sudden you're fighting a guy who's defensive-minded, who's throwing a couple punches, not letting you hit, they'll stop hitting. But Pacquiao didn't do that. He kept pushing. He kept pushing, like you said. He offered his face up so that I'm going to get give three, four, five. I just really thought it was good for the people because it gave them something for their money because otherwise uh, it's even more of a boring fight and it kind of was. But now May 1st, Wizzle, we got Sugar Shane Mosley and um, Mr. Money Mayweather. Uh, what do you see in this fight? Do you, you have any expectations of something? Uh, maybe Mayweather gets upset. Mayweather knocks Mosley out. What do you see in here? You know, this is absolutely the probably the most opportunistic time that I can, you know, that I can see right now. We can look at anything and around it and and like for sure money. Now, if you are Mayweather or Sugar Shane, and you have a tape or a copy of that Claudie fight, all you have to do is figure, if I go fight this guy, or if I, you know what I mean, you already know what you and Pacquiao can do, because everybody styles, you know, right around in the same parentheses, you know what I'm saying? So, 
it's such a huge fight for Sugar Shane in terms of stature, but first and foremost, financially. This is his payday. He's never had a fight that's going to pay like this one. But then on the other hand, you got a guy who's trying to keep his record intact. This game, this fight right here is about to be huge, and I think these guys are going to try to beat each other up. I mean, uh, they're both, both about the same size, same weight. Uh, Sugar Shane, he, he bragged he was a little bit faster. I think he might be, but that whole thing is uh, that uh, Mayweather, his game is based on defense, so uh, it, it's, it's set up to be a perfect, perfect, perfect type of uh, chapter thing in boxing. No, no question about it. I agree with you. These are two guys who, if you saw Mayweather's last fight and mostly was in the ring, you can tell that they really got a little bit of true animosity, not made up for the cameras where, you know, we just want people to come in and we want them to tune in and watch, so we're going to give you a little theater. It really looks like these two don't like each other that much. And Mosley has some quick hands, so he's going to throw them. My thing is going to be, are they going to fight or is it going to be a very tactical fight? Like Mayweather is known to give sometimes. He's, you know, he's not stupid by any stretch of the imagination. He goes in there and he makes sure that he's going to be able to beat his man, if not knock him out, punish him. But uh, I'm really curious. I don't yet have a, a decisive view on who's going to win this one. But what I want to see, and I don't know about you, Wizzle, but is there a way to make sure that the winner of this fight takes on Pacquiao, Mosley and Mayweather are testing for all types of Olympic enhancers and drugs and all these different things, and Pacquiao said he wouldn't test 24 days prior to the fight or whatever. Do you think it's possible that we get a Pacquiao-Mayweather, a Pacquiao-Mosley fight? I think that Pacquiao will be willing to fight uh, whomever next, but... uh, (laughs) That's 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 based upon the testing standards and and what he deems fit. And I certainly don't have a right with whatever. I mean, he doesn't have any records of of dirty testing, so uh, I don't know why you would just not follow the protocol of whatever uh, boxing you know uh, uh, chapter you're following, which is Vegas. So uh, the Vegas rule. So I I don't understand. Uh, the rhetoric and all of that, but I understand if it's going to enhance the sport and, and clean it up, I'm all for it. And uh, Sugar Shane uh, certainly has some allegations in his past, which uh, which obligated him to not only be clean, but to ensure him to financially get the rewards from this fight. So I applaud him for that and this fight to happen because uh, this is about to be a great fight. That's right, everybody. You are listening to Infinite Love Talk Radio.
Wizzle, are you still there with me? Yes, I'm here. Yes, uh, technical difficulties, you got to love that. But everybody, May 1st, Mayweather, mostly stay tuned. Uh, the Wizzle and I will be bringing you a bunch more on that one. Wizzle, turning to the NBA, uh, Michael Jordan, first player turned majority owner. Uh, I think this is a big step for the NBA as far as players are concerned, seeing and just getting a vision, as we did with Barack Obama in the presidency, that this is a possibility for players to be owners. Uh, this year he's facing with the Bobcats the possibility of losing $30 million. What do you think about MJ as an owner? Can he turn it around? Uh, I think that he can. I think that first and foremost he has to realize uh his his role in the whole team and scheme of things, which is the owner, which is to be successful. Uh, so he's got to have the best uh, people and, and guys to assess talent. And he's got to uh, to really be trusting uh, in in his 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 tact to to, to gain recognition in, in his craft because uh, it's a huge job, it's a huge responsibility. It's certain it's certainly one that. You don't want to 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 look bad in in a city for, so uh, I'm sure that he wants to make a city proud and, and and do the team right and get some talent and and have them competitive. That is correct. This is Blog Talk Radio. I am your host Doug Christie, and that is the Whistle. This is Infinite Love Talk Radio. You can call in at three four seven two one five eighty three zero five at any time throughout the entire show. Uh, Whistle. When we talk about Michael Jordan, we've seen that he can put out shoes uh, in apparel. People, you know, support him madly. North Carolina won a national championship. All of the success in the NBA, uh, six titles with the Bulls. He is just the face pretty much of the NBA. There's a lot of talk about maybe everyone in the NBA retiring number 23. I just want to get your thoughts on that one. I know that next year LeBron James has changed his number from 23 to 6, and I think it kind of goes along those lines. What do you think about everyone retiring 23? First of all, why would you retire your number from 23 to 6? I mean, you got to retire number 6, retire number 33, retire number 43, retire number 1. You know what I'm saying? It's a number-ending thing. So I, 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 you know, if you want to play with the guy's number, if they want to, if you want to respect it like that, fine. But I don't know if the league should take take notice of it like that because that's that's awfully huge and that's some some respect that uh, that champions uh, haven't got uh, in terms of Bill Russell. I mean, you can go pick his number if you want to go play. If, for example, and um, and Mike didn't win more than him, so I, I just think the league should respect. Uh, just numbers and, and and just keep it what it is, and it's a nice gesture as it as it is from the players for Michael Jordan. That can be something nice from the players. No, no question about it. I, I was I was talking earlier on the radio, and they asked about this, and I was saying that uh, a lot of the times, and I brought up the fact of Bill Russell and Magic Johnson number thirty-two and Kareem number thirty-three and six. But there was something about wearing number 23, because when you think of number 23, everyone thinks of Michael Jordan. And not necessarily all the time. When you think of number 60, you think of Bill Russell. Sometimes you think of Julius Irvin. When you think of 33, uh, sometimes you think of Kareem. Sometimes you might think of Shaq. 
and the same with Magic Johnson, but the number 23 in everybody's mind was always ominous, and it, Jordan was always looming. So this is going to be something that we have to watch. It's a possibility. Don't know if it's going to happen, but it's a definite possibility. Now, as we wind down the season, Wizzle, we're going to talk a little Western and Eastern uh, conferences, but I wanted to get your take on the Rookie of the Year. And right now it looks to be maybe a two-horse, I say three-horse race maybe. You have uh, Dewan Blair in San Antonio from Pittsburgh, just a heck of a big man, uh, overlooked by a lot of teams on draft day, but uh, showed himself in the Schick. Uh, rookie game, rookie sophomore game, and had 20 points and 24 rebounds or something like that. Just an in- incredible game. Then you have Tariq Evans of Sacramento, who is a combo guard playing point, big, strong, uh, can finish, take over a game. And, of course, one of your favorites, I know, Stephon Curry, who is playing in Golden State and just putting up incredible numbers. The first uh, rookie in quite some years to post a triple-double in a season. So uh, out of those three, give me your take. What are you thinking? You know, I, I really, first and foremost, have a lot of respect. Those are three very nice games, but very different games in, in, in different areas and expertise. Uh, I really have a lot of uh, love for a guy who can just pull a jump shot, but I think that Mr. Tyreek Evans might get the nod here. And I just think that he's running his team in, in such a way that uh, he's a threat uh, with the ball and, and he shares and, and he really take, has a grasp of the tempo and taking advantage of his advantages, if you will. So uh, I, I just, I, I'm impressed when I look at the kid and, and I, then you wonder, wow, man! They, uh, you look at uh, they gave up Kevin Martin to Houston. Like then you wonder why. It's like, well, he kind of didn't play right with this guy because he's kind of got a different game. We need to get different. You know what I mean? So I, I, I really, really like him. No disrespect to Kevin Martin. Him and my, and look, uh, they, they get their money out there, and uh, and Aaron Brooks, uh, but. Uh, I, I like Mr. Evans. He really looks good. He's got a smooth swagger about him, and he plays with confidence, and he's got a good size. And, uh, you know, hey, it is what it is. You know, I, I look at, at Steph Curry, and, and the only reason I, I guess that you put him in that is he's playing in a system that allows a shooter like that to put up such big numbers. But I have to agree with you, Tyreek Evans. When you look at giving up a player like Kevin Martin, and, and you're right, Kevin in that system, yes, you score 20 points, but you guys aren't winning. And you look at Tyreek Evans and you say, okay, I'm giving up maybe a potential all-star, a guy who's scoring 20 points. What am I giving him up for? I'm giving him up for the next generation, and this guy is a bona fide, legit player who uh, is another one of those guards that it comes out of Calipari's system. Uh, maybe we might see the same thing in John Wall as we did with Derrick Rose, but Tyreek Evans, I, I agree with you, he will most likely be – the uh, uh, rookie of the year, or maybe they might go uh, double again. I think they did that with Grant Hill 
and uh, Jason Kidd one year. So it's going to be interesting to watch it as we go down the line. One thing I think that leans in Stephon Curry's uh, favor is his system. His system is one that he can shoot it and launch it at any time, so you're going to see some big numbers posted, but they could be a bit inflated. So everybody keep your eye on the Rookie of the Year. Now, Wizzle, Western and Eastern Conferences, we're starting to wind it down right now. The top eight in the West, L.A., Dallas, Denver, Utah, OKC, that's Oklahoma City, Phoenix, San Antonio, Portland, and Houston is on the outside looking in six games behind the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, today, if it matched up, you got Portland versus Los Angeles. Uh, is that even a matchup? What do you see there? You know, that – that's a today matchup, and I, I think that it would, would be good. I think that Portland would win a game or two. I actually think they could win two games. Uh, but I just don't know if they're ready for the, the mentality, if that were today. I just think that the numbers have to shake up because there's a lot of other numbers that, that have to play out in, because the West right now is just really tough. The Lakers are going to be a tough matchup for anybody to beat in seven. Well, you know, you got Phoenix at 42 and 26. Utah is holding down the fourth place with 44 wins. So anybody in that bottom half from OKC, Phoenix, San Antonio to Portland could move up to that fourth spot. So it's really, like you said, it's going to be a mix-up in the West and in the Eastern Conference, as we'll talk about in a second, is about the same. Looking at Lakers, Dallas, Denver, that's probably what you would consider the head of the head of the West. They they look to be one of those three teams are definitely going to be in the Western Conference Finals and moving on to the Finals. Who do you like there? I, I know you, you like De- uh, Dallas and the move they made with Brendan Hayward and Karan Butler. Uh, what do you think in Denver, Dallas, Lakers? You know, uh, obviously the Lakers uh, are on the top of the hill. you got to knock them off. Uh, and and it, it's really going to be a huge, huge fight. Uh, Denver really is the same team as they were last year. Yes, they have more maturity, uh, but they pretty much present the same finished product. Uh, I really like Dallas's chances, just the fact that you have some interchangeable parts. You can at least tweak something and do something and and pick a guy off the bench that can really get you going. And I know that, hey, you got J.R. Smith, but it's different when you got a big guy who can contribute or you got a, a, another guard or affords you the luxury to go big or small. So what they did for their team was, was almost bigger in the, in the sense of giving them a chance to compete against the Lakers. I really like Dallas's chances. I agree with you. When they made that trade, I was on ESPN Radio, and I was telling the guys there that I thought Dallas really got a lot closer and maybe even surpassed Denver. Uh, they did get a little closer to the Lakers. Obviously, I think they're still head and shoulders, uh, but maybe not head and shoulders, just maybe a head above everybody else. It's going to be a battle for them to get to the finals. But Dallas has, has really improved, and, and you're right. Denver came back. They came back with the same team thinking that, okay, we retooled. Everyone is a little bit sharper, a little bit older, more matured, but there's just have it seems something is missing with them. They got Chauncey, Aflalo, Mello, J.R. Smith, the Birdman, Anderson, Nene. Uh, they they got all these guys, but there just seems to be something that I 
I don't know, George Carl, I, I'm not really sure. But uh, it maybe comes down to Dallas, Denver, who's going to get to that Western Conference Finals. But I, I really think that they will most likely be seeing the Los Angeles Lakers. Now, we're going to Eastern Conference. Uh, Cleveland is leading the league 54-15. and 15. Orlando, uh, Atlanta, Boston, Milwaukee, who is surprising a lot of people. The Charlotte Bobcats, Miami. Toronto, and you got Char- uh, excuse me, Chicago on the outside looking in at 31 and 36, two games behind the Toronto Raptors. Uh, Cleveland, Orlando, Atlanta, Boston. That seems to be the cream of the crop in the Eastern Conference. Uh, who are the two teams that you're really looking at there maybe to get to that Eastern Conference final? Now, again, we're talking about the same type of good old-fashioned fist fight and scrap. That's, it, it, there's three good teams. Uh, I really like Boston, and I think that's the team that ultimately you got to have to beat uh, in seven. Along with that being said, I, I think Cleveland is a team that you're going to have to beat in seven games, and I think those two are, are deserving and fitting of, of facing off this year. Uh, I, I like Orlando, um, I, but I think that they bring a, a lot of the same elements that they brought, but without some of the, the, the team the teamsmanship that he do brought in terms of sharing the ball and, and making sure everybody got the ball and, and, and the offense flowed a certain way because uh, it just seems like their offense is stagnates at times with the trades that they made. So, uh, I, I really like Boston's chances. I like uh, the Nate Robinson pickup uh, and the fact that it gives them a, a different type of flavor and a punch off the bench and a different uh, new youth and energy. Uh, so uh, uh, it's, a, it's a good chance for those guys to see what they could do and if they can be knocked off instead of. No, no question about it. I agree with you. I think Wizzle is looking at my cheat sheet, everybody, because Orlando, I, I, you hit it verbatim, Wizzle. I really think Vince Carter, uh, a good player, but Hito brought teamsmanship. That is a fantastic word because he brought everybody together. He was a guy who penetrated. He could score a big, big time maker at big moments of the game. But at the same time, he was always looking for his teammates, and that's a little different than Vince. Vince is more or less looking to score the basketball, and that's fantastic because Dwight Howard, I don't think, has turned into the player everyone thought that he was going to be as far as dominant. So you do need somebody that's going to score. But Orlando, kind of like Denver in the Western Conference, Wizzle, uh, would you compare them as far as kind of coming back with the same thing and not really making that step to improve? Yeah, it's basically the same platter. They just maybe switched the brand of the salt or pepper. No question about it, Wizzle. Well, uh, I was going to get into a little Seattle Mariners <laughs> with you, but I'm going to save that till next week. We've made some fantastic pickups up in the Northwest. Everybody watch out. Angels, watch out because the Mariners are coming. Ichiro, pull up your sleeves, everybody. Wizzle, until next week, we will see you same time or same different time, same station. As always, Wizzle, insight into the world of sports at everybody was fantastic we thank you with we will see you again peace deuces it's early get yourself a capri sun i'm out <laughs> hey everybody we are getting ready to jump right in the 60 seconds they was having such a good time talking about sports we're going to do 60 seconds and then we're going to give you some hot tips on 
beauty, fashion, and lifestyle. And then we're going to round it off um, before we say goodbye to you guys with some hot topics in the news. So starting off our 60 seconds, I got mine first. I'm going to go ahead and give it to you guys, and then I'm going to have my husband do what he do. And that's where we share what we're thinking about um, for the day. So here we go. Baby, you know it, I'm so official, I'm such a pro They say I love them and leave them, but they don't know me though Cause if they knew me, they know that I was a one-woman type I don't get my Tiger Woods on, y'all No, you can hitch a ride to the crib I'll call you a taxi, look, there it is I'm sorry, but I got plans to be great And the quickest way to ruin them is a woman in the way, yeah All night long, gotta be, yeah All I mean, yeah When the DJ goes and plays my song Everybody, that was my wife's 60 seconds, and now I'm going to bring it home to you. Like Michelangelo da Vinci Arthur asked, we don't quite realize what we have while they're here, only to appreciate their greatness once they are gone. Some of the greatest pieces of art, music, and poetry have been created in the last 100 years. We've seen it all. Lois Maylou Jones, an African-American female artist with exquisite talent. Rick James changed funk, music, and soul. James Brown, the godfather of soul, gave us some of music and dance that still resonate with us today. Luther Vandross, a voice that called to the heavens. Jacob Lawrence, artwork that spoke volumes to the world. Eartha Kitt, an actress that will always be remembered. Michael Jackson, of course, the icon that changed the landscape of the music world. He was the king of pop. Going forward, y'all, shall we all appreciate the arts? and the artists while they're still here and when they're gone. 60 seconds. Oh, my God, you guys. You see that my husband is definitely on it. My 60 seconds was brought to you by our artist, Bobby Tinsley. I love that song, and I think it really resonates well with us. So, everybody, check him out. Go to myspace.com forward slash Bobby Tinsley, spelled T-I-N-S-L-E-Y, like 10 slay, as my husband says it. That's a good way to look at it. Like he says, our last name, Christy, is Christ. I.E. See what I'm saying? He has a very, very unique way of looking at things, and that's why I love him. Next, we're going to jump right on down into beauty, fashion, and lifestyle. Ever wonder how a girl walking by got her hair to do that or look like that or a guy with the cool glasses, where he found them, where did he buy them at? This is a segment we share weekly, um, and we got a few tips of our own we want to share with you guys. And today we have... Well, I'm going to keep it in the realm of nutrition. Everybody mm-hmm. good source of fat protein. And also fiber, when I say fat, this is a good fat, not a bad fat. you got <laughs> almonds, cashews, walnuts, pecans, sunflower seeds. Yes, they are a seed, but I consider them a nut. And you got pistachios. They are also a great snack, everybody. So get yourself some nuts. You'll enjoy them. Most definitely. My husband always comes up with the great tips, you guys. See, I don't know what they show, so I'm learning like you guys are learning, so it just shocked me just now that he came up with that. It's like, okay, okay, I got you, I got you, you tricked me again. Next, I got nail polish. It's a must for ladies, even if you only get a French tip. It offers a polished off look, and it's a sexy spice added to any girl's beauty. So grab yourself a color and get painting, ladies. You gotta finish the nails off. We got a daughter, you guys already know her, Shani. She's 16, and she says she just cannot go without trying different colors of paint on her fingernails. She just feels really, really polished and finished off, so it's a fun thing to do. 
Yes, she gets into it, and so does my wife. They have beautiful <laughs> nails and feet. I like it. I like it. I like it. And speaking of feet, number two is reflexology. And for everybody out there, because I didn't know until a few years ago, reflexology is a foot rub. That's right. Try it once a week. Uh, if you can't do once a week, do once a month. Let me tell you guys this. There are pressure points in the bottom of your feet that go to all of the organs of your body, livers, spleen, everything. It helps you out a lot. It, it will definitely help you out a lot. My wife is right on point. Reflexology, check it out. Most definitely. And last, we're going to round out this segment with Clarine's Clear Lip Gloss for the ladies out there and the guys that like your lips to shine. It's a staple that you guys must have. It looks great. It goes on smooth. And I really, 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 truly recommend it. It's not all heavy and it doesn't get chalky. It's just a really, really great gloss. It's by Clarine's. And then we're going to jump down in the news. Um, there's so much going on, but, you know, that's not to be expected or it is to be expected, whichever way you want to look at it. So here's our top four news picks that we want to share with you guys for this week. Number one is more than 40, get this you guys, 40 Detroit schools to close wow. in June. Yes, budget concerns are all yeah. over the place. The emergency financial manager for Detroit Public Schools says 44 schools and a support building will close in June as the district addresses issues and declining enrollment. Six more yeah. schools are slated to close in June 2011 and seven more will close a year later. Bob Rob, excuse me, Robert Bob publicly announced the closure Wednesday as part of a proposed five-year plan to reorganize and create a leaner district. The closures are in addition to the shuttering of 29 schools before last fall. Many current programs will be moved to other buildings. Bond money will be used to build new schools in quote-unquote target neighborhoods. The nearly 88,000 student district faces a deficit of at least 219 million. Full-time enrollment has dropped, get this everybody, to about 56,000 um, from 88,000. So uh, yeah. we've got to get the education thing going on, everybody, please. Most definitely. Next, we have volcano erupts in Iceland. And the reason this one's important is because hundreds was evacuated in southern Iceland as it erupted for the first time in almost 200 years, key point being 200 years. Everything is changing on this earth, and I really, really um, do study a lot. I've been really reading up a lot about the earth and the changing things. And because, you know, when you have kids and you have the next generation, you really want this world and this earth to be safe for them as well as, as us. And while we're here, we're seeing a lot of different changes. You're seeing earthquakes. You're seeing, you know, uh, things that hasn't of years starting to happen. They say Notre Dame might have been correct. There's, if you guys are watching like the National Geographic, if you're seeing on the news, if you're looking on your internet when you turn it on, I go to the news sections. That's really what concerns me. So that's where I'm usually at or I'm typing shows or whatever. Um, they are talking seriously about scientists are now tar starting to take him serious. So Study it up, you guys. You know, not to, nothing to scare anybody, but definitely get your education in that area so you can keep yourself and your family safe in case. And if you're seeing something that doesn't look right, they're saying to definitely contact NASA or different people so that they can get scientists out to it. So make sure you guys are staying there. Um, to finish off the story, the eruption is announced. Ijafalakojoko volcano located near a glacier of the same name shot ash and molten lava into the air, okay? But uh, scientists did call it mostly peaceful, but these are warning signs, everybody. Next, baby. 
Well, I'm going to stay on that tip, baby. Historic, possibly deadly flooding predicted for oh. one-third of U.S. cities. More than one-third of the U.S. faces a high-risk flooding in spring, and Midwesterners may get the brunt of it, according to government forecasts. Residents watch rivers, but the high water mark may be lower than expected. Heavy rains last fall thaw from an unusual wet winter and potentially wet spring due to El Nino could produce record flooding in the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration late Tuesday. We are looking for historical that flooding at the NOAA administration. It is a terrible case of deja vu. Time the flooding will likely be more widespread. So everybody, watch out. This is going to be a record most definitely, as you heard my husband said. And lastly, we're going to wrap it up with Star Jones is recovering well after cardiac surgery. Former View panelist Star Jones had heart surgery on Wednesday related to rarely performed surgery, to the rarely performed surgery she had three decades ago after developing a thoracic tumor. A rep confirmed in a statement on Wednesday, March 17th, a pre-planned cardiac surgery was performed on Star. The statement read, this recent surgery is a follow-up to the um, surgery she had 30 years ago. The procedure was successful, and she is recovering well with her family. Star is grateful for everyone's thoughts and prayers. In 2003, she underwent gastric bypass surgery, and subsequently she was able to lose 160 pounds. Jones has been twittering about faith in recent days, but hasn't posted any new messages since earlier this week. And I just want to give her our thoughts and prayers. Don't know her personally, but definitely follows her in her career, and I think she's a strong woman she's made. And um, right now we're going to take a quick break. Hold on, guys. Welcome back, everybody, to Infinite Love Talk Radio. We are your hosts, Doug and Jackie Christie, coming to you live on Infinite Love Talk Radio on Blog Talk. We will see you next Saturday at 5 o'clock, our regular scheduled time. Guys, a safe and wonderful and prosperous week, and we want you guys to remember that it only takes a little bit of love to make this world a better place. Peace. Respect. Unity, not uniformity, must be our aim. 
We attain unity only through variety. Differences must be integrated, not annihilated. We are the youth, we are the world. There comes a time when we hear a certain call. When the world comes together as one. That someone, somewhere, will soon make a change. 